You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, wonderful passage of scripture. Beginning with verse 26, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him any ground in your life, especially in the area of bitterness. Uh, Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the ears. And grieve not. Whenever we become bitter, we grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Now, I almost finished the message this morning, but there were a few what I believe are very important principles that I just could not get to for the sake of time. So most of what you're going to see tonight is just going to be a quick review. I'm just going to hit the highlights over this morning's message and then bring you to uh, the conclusion of the message here this evening. If I can get the clicker to work. All right. Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ had gathered his disciples together, he told them that offenses were going to what? Offenses were going to come. You cannot live life without experiencing offense. Paul said, if you want to avoid offense, then you have to exit from this world. Because as long as we're in this world, people are going to offend us. They're going to hurt us. They're going to take advantage of us. And that's just life. That's just the way that it is. So we need to know how to deal with offenses when they come our way. Let's say this verse together. Very important verse. Ready? Here we go. Looking diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. So there we see that bitterness, if we allow it in our lives, is going to have a personal defiling effect, but it's going to defile many others as well, and we certainly don't want that to happen. We also learned this morning that failure to forgive is a devastating form of self-inflicted punishment. How many have ever hit their uh, thumb with with a hammer? You ever done that? Boy, your whole body, right? Your whole body goes to that. Listen, whenever you allow yourself to be bitter, you might as well just take a hammer and hit yourself in the head. All right? Self-inflicted punishment. That's why the Bible says that if you allow yourself to be bitter and you refuse to forgive, you will be delivered unto the what? Unto the tormentors. That bitterness will personally torment you in your life. So bitterness is a destructive pit. And Satan's doing everything he can do to trip you up and cause you to fall into that pit. But it is a pit that many never, ever climb out of. They find themselves imprisoned throughout their entire life in this pit of bitterness. The Apostle Paul wrote in this passage of Scripture that we're to be kind one to another. That we're to have a tender heart 
towards one another. That we're to forgive one another. And the whole basis of our forgive, forgiveness of others is what? Christ's forgiveness of us. So we have to understand that if Christ has forgiven us of all of our offenses, then certainly we can forgive those who offend us. Four things that we have to do when it comes to forgiving others. We need to, number one, what? I can't hear you, what? We need to love them. Unconditional love. We need to love them. Number two, we need to? We need to bless them. If they curse us, then we bless them in return. We need to what? Do good to them. If they're taking advantage of us, if they're mistreating us, we are to do good. That is the heaping coals of fire upon their head. By the way, that was a good thing to do at that time. So we're to love them, we're to bless them, we're to do good to them. And what's the last one? We're to pray for them. I've told you this before. My dad used to always say, you can talk about me as much as you please, but when I talk about you, I'll be down on my knees. And so I always remember my dad sharing that when he'd preach about the importance of praying, especially for those who have sinned against us and even have persecuted us. Forgiveness is a willingness to give up your resentment towards someone who has wronged you. Give it up. Amen, church? Say it with me. Give it up. Say it with me. Give it up. If you don't give it up, it is going to take you out. So give it up. Regardless of how serious or how painful the wrong might have been, don't hold on to it. Give it up. Give it to God. Forgiveness is more than just saying the words, I forgive you. We saw that it has to come from where? The heart. Now, if our hearts are wicked and deceitful, and my heart is, is your heart that way? If my heart is wicked and deceitful, then how in the world can I ever forgive someone from my heart as Jesus told us to do in Matthew 18 and verse 35? How can I do that? What? I got to have God's grace. Grace is God doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. His grace is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or even think. You may not even be able to think, I can't forgive them. But God said, no, my grace through you can. And so what do we do? We ask God to give us his heart for forgiveness. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know if he hears us, we know we have the petitions that we desired of him. So take that position, uh, petition to him and say, Lord, I need your grace. I need that same heart that you have to forgive those who have trespassed against me. Christ is our example. What an amazing statement as he hung there upon the cross. Father, what? Father, what? Forgive them. With all that he went to and all that he experienced, the pain, the suffering, the ridicule, the mocking, the scourging, the rejection, 
I, can, I cannot even begin to imagine the pain that Christ was in when he said, Father, forgive them. And we are to forbear. And we are to forgive. As God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. Listen to me here, church, tonight. This, what did the Puritans call this kind of preaching? What? Soul work. This is soul work. This is serious because every one of us have to deal with bitterness on a regular basis. Forgiveness means that you erase the debt. Instead of holding that person in debt to you for what they have done, erase it. Take the eraser of grace and erase that debt. Delete it. Remember this morning we talked about hitting the delete button. Delete it. Clear their record. If you have a list of their offenses, whether you have it on paper or in your mind, hit the delete button. Aren't you glad God hit the delete button on our list of sins? Amen for that. It also means that you never bring it up again. You never bring it up again. That person may have abused you, ridiculed you, slandered you. They may have said all manner of evil against you falsely. They may have lied to you and lied about you. I think one of the most difficult things for me to forgive is when someone lies to me. But when we forgive, we never bring it back up again. They're forgiven. And their sin and their, their iniquity, what did God say? Come on, church, what did he say? I'll remember it no more. God, just erase that from my memory. You know what? I'm glad I don't have a good memory. Does that frustrate some of you that you don't have a good memory? I'm so glad I don't have a good memory. My wife has said to me, do you remember that? I said, no. Can't remember that. One thing that's good about a mem- not having a good memory, I can watch reruns on TV and I can't remember them. For unforgiveness, on the other hand, is a deliberate mindset. Okay, remember what Charles Stanley said this morning? Forgiveness is a matter of choice. When people say, I cannot forgive, no, that's not true. You are making a choice not to forgive. You make a choice not to, and you make a choice to. So unforgiveness, on the other hand, is The exact opposite. You deliberately say, no, I'm going to hold that against them. And I'm going to get even. If I have opportunity, I will get even. An unforgiving heart clings to the past. What did Paul say? Forgetting those things, which what? We have to do that. 
Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth to the things which are before. So it's a clinging to the past and it's refusing to extend to others the grace that God has extended to us in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus. Unforgiveness is associated with bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice. What a wonderful way to live life. Do you seriously want to go through life like that? I'm going to tell you something, I don't. Not going there. But how many people, how many of you know people who are right there? I mean, they are there. They're bitter, they're wrathful, they're angry, they have clamor and slander, and they have malice in their heart. How many know people like that? Miserable people. And I mentioned just briefly this morning, this is, that is our culture today. We are so divided. as People are so mean. Social media is full of all that stuff. Can any of you ever remember a time that we were so divided? Yeah. Me either. <laughs> I love it when kids agree with me. You know, I think back over the Obama years and, you know, we certainly disagreed with Obama's policies. But we acknowledged, we respected him as our president. We were able to disassociate his policies from his position. But you know what? Not anymore. One of the most significant repercussions is that bitterness, when it takes root, turns into poison. Poisons our whole body. It's a poison root. It's the gall of bitterness, which leads to the bond of iniquity. But I don't know if you agree with me. I really believe this statement is true. Few, few people ever realize the terrible effects that bitterness and unforgiving spirit has upon them. defiling how many churches I know a bunch of them that have split because of this very sad let this not be named once among you as become as saints Unforgiveness is a direct, prideful rebellion to God's command to forgive. Say, I will not. Okay, live in the pit then. When Jesus taught his disciples to forgive, he told them to forgive 70 times 7, and that's exactly what he meant. By the way, the last I was able to do 70 times 7 was 490. Is that right? I don't know. I think I'd probably lose track if I forgave someone that many times. This brings us to what I wanted to conclude with this morning. What are the consequences of an unforgiving spirit? It affects every aspect of life. Your prayers will go unanswered. 
you know what the Bible says about a husband and wife who are bitter towards each other? Remember what it says? That your, that your prayers be not what? Listen, you can't, have, you can't have a bitter spirit. Well, first of all, you're not even going to pray. But God's going to deal with that bitter spirit. You come to the altar and there, remember you have that bitter spirit towards someone? Leave your gift at the altar. Your Bible reading is going to be affected. Your worship is going to be affected. Shelley said this morning on the way home, she said, there is such a good spirit in church today. God help us from ever losing our spirit here. You know, what's going to cause us to lose our spirit here at Fellowship? Our worship becomes affected. Our witnessing, our giving, our overall spiritual growth will be terribly weakened by a heart of bitterness. Our desire to go to church, you're going to lose that desire. Bitter, bitter people finally just drift away from the fellowship. Joy and happiness are lost. When we're bitter, we're loaded down. It's just a load. Stress, anxiety, resentment. Even physical illness can result from someone just harboring bitterness. Because others don't enjoy being around bitter people, all your relationships become poisoned. Now, church family, is what you're seeing up here, is it true? Then you have to say, I am not, by the grace of God, I am not going to allow an unforgiving spirit to poison me. It's not happening. So how do you deal with unforgiveness? The first requirement is you need to assume responsibility for it. I've sinned. I, I have been bitter. Not I've been hurt. I've been wounded. No. I am bitter. Is it hard to admit when you're bitter? Come on now. Have all these other adjectives that we use, but I've sinned. I'm bitter. Acknowledge the unforgiveness as a sin. It is sin to be bitter. Confess it to God. Be very honest with God. Own up to it. Bring your anger and all that bitterness. Bitterness involves anger, obviously. You can't be bitter without being angry. You come and you leave it at the altar and you ask God to forgive you and to take it out of your heart. Just take that away from me. I don't want it anymore. If we confess, he forgives. Amen? And then we resist the devil. One of the ways you can resist the devil is by starting to pray for the person that you were bitter toward. The Bible said, bless them, do good to them, and pray for them. 
is God gives you that opportunity. If the person is aware, not, not everyone is aware that you are bitter toward them, so don't stir things up. But you know whether or not a person knows if you're bitter toward them. And if they know that you're bitter and have those feelings, then go to them. And just simply ask their forgiveness. And then refuse to pick it back up. How many have ever taken an offense and really given it to the Lord, but then you picked it back up again when they did the same thing not too long after? Remember what Jesus said? If someone sins against you seven times in one day, the same, the same offense, seven times in one day, and they come to you and they say they're sorry and they ask your forgiveness, what did Jesus say to do? Forgive them. Now, I've never had anyone come to me seven times in one day, but if they were, I'm to forgive them. Whose choice is it? That's a beautiful invitation song. But it's our choice. Either we are going to choose to forgive or we're going to choose to hold on to our bitterness. I would just like every head bowed, every eye closed, or I'm going to play the piano. And I'm going to ask you to come forward. We spent quite a bit of time today talking about this issue. Is there anyone here tonight that would say, Pastor, I need your prayers. And I promise you, I will pray for you in this area. And thank you all for praying for me. There's nothing that would ruin a pastor's ministry quicker than that preacher turning bitter. But would you just slip your hand up and just give me a minute to acknowledge thank you and yes and yes. Keep them up and I Okay, I want you all to know I will be praying for you this week. Be like Jacob and wrestle that thing out with the Lord. And don't let the Lord go till you got the victory in this area. It's so, so important. Daniel, would you close us in a word of prayer? You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.